Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Good morning. I want to welcome you to the next edition of Sabbath Talks. This is Daryl Horn. I have the privilege of serving as the executive director of the San Antonio Baptist Association. We have this year done a number of Sabbath Talks. Back in February, we spoke with John Butler, who's the pastor of East Rogersville Baptist Church in Tennessee. And John had been experiencing, John and his church had been experiencing an outpouring of God's Spirit in their congregation and in their community. And back in February of 2020, we spoke with John and recorded two different podcasts. You'll find on this link two uh, two additional links to those previous podcasts. And if you haven't listened to them, I ask that you would consider going back and listening to what John had to say back in February. This is September 2020. Months later, we're revisiting John after COVID has hit and all the other things that we have been facing. We wanted to get an update from John to see where God was at work in his life and in his congregation. So, John, I I welcome you to the podcast today. We're grateful that uh, you have taken time to be a part of our podcast. And let let me give you a chance just to say hello to everybody. Daryl, it's a privilege to be here with you guys. And I've prayed for San Antonio. Uh, quite a bit over the time that uh, has elapsed since we were last together. Uh, And I just want to say hello and uh, praying that God moves. I know our country's experienced a lot of different things since we talked last. Uh, And it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge to pastors and churches and uh, just to everybody uh, these last six months. So it's been tough times. Well, once again, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. And if you would, could you just recap what happened earlier this year? Absolutely. Um, uh, You know, what prompted our first uh, conversation was uh, uh, what I would say a divine appointment, a divine divine visitation from God uh, among us at our church and um, we uh, we had come through a just a really difficult season uh back in the fall late fall and early winter and be honest i i just i didn't know where our church was headed and uh february the 2nd we had planned some uh some services to seeking god in revival uh, those services were kind of lined up with the 50th anniversary of what happened at Asbury University and uh, also the 1995 uh, outpouring at Brownwood, Texas, there at Howard Payne University and the churches that are surrounding it. Matter of fact, John Avant was a pastor of, uh, I think the, the church there in Brownwood was Coggan Avenue Baptist Church, and John Avant was the pastor of that church at that time. Uh, and John was with us. He was he was starting out as our speaker for for that time of seeking revival. And uh, before John ever stepped in the pulpit, God began to move just in an incredible way in our midst. And what I like to explain to people is the way it felt to me that Sunday morning when we began to to worship. 
is that Jesus walked in and established his throne there in the very front and center of our church. And, and he stayed there and tabernacled with us throughout the month of February. Uh, and it was, it was just an incredible, incredible time. Uh, and I, I think part of our conversation last time, uh, we, we talked about what, what was it that kind of brought things together? And if I'm not mistaken, I give you some talking points, so to speak, on, uh, on our revival, what happened to us. And, and I want to recap those. One was the posture of prayer. Our people began to pray. Uh, we, we just, we didn't have any other answers. We just had to pray and grab a hold of God. A, a second thing that was very important was an attitude of humility. We found ourselves as a broken people, uh, just because of some circumstances. And, and, um, we, we just, when, when you're praying and you don't have anywhere else to go, but to God, you find yourself in a, in, in a very humble state. And that's where God wants us. He wants us broken and in a humble state. Uh, another factor leading, I believe, to our uh, our divine visitation was this discipline of fasting. Uh, fasting in the scriptures always in conjunction with prayer. Uh, but for some reason, you know, as a pastor, I've talked about fasting. I've fasted and I've invited our church to fast. But for some reason, Back in January, they began to fast right before revival broke out, and that was a huge thing. Uh, and when you got into the context of revival, uh, another key uh, key thing that happened was the uh, the practice of repentance. Uh, people were seeing God for who He is, and that you know, just like in Isaiah uh, chapter six, Isaiah saw God high and lifted up, and when he saw God for who he was, Isaiah saw himself for who he was, and he said, whoa, uh, whoa me, I'm, I'm a sinful man. And so what we saw within the context of this revival was just a whole lot of repentance, personally and corporately. Um, and I think lastly, uh, to kind of sum it up, we there was a presence of desperation. I think we had, just as a church had come to a point where if God doesn't do something, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so all of that really collided, and and God showed up in a very big way and and worked and and it really has been working even since then. Although things have gotten crazy because of uh, because of this pandemic that we've faced, and then all these other things that have happened since then. So. Uh, but that's that's kind of what happened throughout the month of February. We met every night except for Saturdays, and then at the end of February we be, decided not to meet anymore. Uh, we were transitioning. Uh, the first week of March and the second week of March we had terrible tornadoes that ripped through areas of middle and, and eastern Tennessee, and we were beginning to respond to those and help. And then all of a sudden, we we have this pandemic that shuts everything down. So we went from meeting every day almost to not meeting at all. So it's it's kind of interesting uh, as we made that transition out of our time of revival. What uh, what effect did COVID have on going from meeting to not meeting? Yeah, that it, it was different I, and. You know, it's 
every pastor uh, and, and, and all of you all out in San Antonio, I, I'm assuming we're, we're shut down and maybe you still are. I don't know. I've talked to several of my friends uh, across uh, across our country and, and people are at different levels of gathering. One of my friends I was talking to down in St. Pete, Florida, uh, they haven't met uh, in person since the shutdown and, and weren't really anticipating being able to do that till after October. Well, for us, meeting every day and then going to not being able to see anybody, it was it was a major shock uh, to our people. Um, there's a lot of confusion, uh, and I, I think as as we began to enter into this time where the pandemic took over, say mid March, uh, we were shut down. Uh, through uh, mid-May, and here in the state of Tennessee, a lot of those restrictions were lifted mid-May, and we began to meet together again. The first meeting back that we had after being apart was just an incredible time. Uh, people were so glad to, to be able to get out and move around a little bit. Uh, we've had to adapt some since then because there's still a lot of fear uh, but for us, you know, I, I think what we walked through in February really helped prepare us to, in, to, to have to go through this pandemic shutdown. Uh, because one of the things that happened in February is that people began to uh, – really experience God on a personal level at home and in the workplace. And so that relationship began to be more dynamic on a personal level than it was on a corporate level. You know, sometimes you come and you have a really good church service, but it doesn't translate and it doesn't really change you. Our services in February really transformed a lot of lives to the point where people had a very dynamic relationship, a personal relationship with God on that daily basis in their homes. And I think that has probably been uh, one of the most impactful things that has sustained us and, and to be honest, our community, because it's still, this is still the talk of, of what's going on now it all relates back to February. Uh, when you talk to people that uh, that not necessarily in our church, but maybe had come to some of the revival meetings or people that had just heard about the revival meetings in our area, really a tribute uh, because we were in a mode of prayer. And when the pandemic hit, guess what? Our prayer stepped up for for all the sickness and we have been blessed. God, God I feel, answered a lot of our prayers in that we didn't have the sicknesses and the deaths like so many other people did with this pandemic. So I think I think our revival time was really key for us making it through these last six months. You know, that, uh, that leads me into my next question. You talked about some of the lasting results, which is that's, that's tremendous. What, what are some of the things that you remember most about what happened in February. Yeah, um, 
for me personally, if you if you ask 20 people, you might get 25 different answers uh, from people that were gathered here. But for me personally, and what I have observed from others, and I kind of alluded to it just just a second ago, was this this overwhelming sense of the presence of God. Wow. It was it was inescapable. And as I'm I'm sitting here in a little room in our church, I've got some people working on my computer and uh so I'm sitting in our little choir room and right now I can feel it. The the same the same thing. Uh there when 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 I said that it was like Jesus walking in, you could literally feel the atmosphere change. Wow. And God's presence would just overcome people. And and here's I don't want to make this a touchy feely thing. You gotta be careful of some of that. But listen, God God created us with our senses. And and God can be experienced through those senses. And uh God's presence was just so overwhelming and you could ask others about that and they would say yes you, you you just you just feel it and there would be so many times that we would be standing there worshiping and then you could just feel God's presence begin to fill the place and uh, people would drop to their knees where they were or they would they would come running at times they would just i mean like a shot come running to the altar and just fall down and begin to cry and if you went up and asked them what's wrong they would say nothing they were just <laughs> overwhelmed with the presence of god and with that i think with god's presence there there are a couple of things that 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 i don't i don't know the words i'm not a very good wordsmith, but, but there are a couple of things that I think go along with God's presence. One is God's convicting presence. When, when God is when God is in the place and and, and he is lifted up just like Isaiah, uh, there's a conviction that comes over us because of the holiness of God. So there's a there's a in the same place, you could have one person that is being extremely convicted of sin in their lives. And right beside them, somebody is feeling that same, that very same presence of God. But what they're feeling is an overwhelming sense of God's love and him wrapping their, his arms around them. Yeah. And I believe God's doing that same thing to both of those people, but their their sense of that is different because their needs are different at that time. It's it's God's it's the same presence, but it affects us in different ways. And I think what I remember most and and uh I guess to my shame I'm not experiencing it nearly as much as I was. Uh, is that just overwhelming sense of God's presence. 
You know, that that is something, as I talk with pastors, a number of them say that's what they want to experience in their church is is that overwhelming sense that God is present and he's at work. And you're you're right, like, like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and among a people of unclean uh, unclean people. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking of, of the temple when it was dedicated under Solomon and God's mm. presence filled the temple so much that yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't stand up because right. of, of God's presence had been manifest. Um, that's, that's an amazing testimony. And I know it's a testimony of uh, anyone that's listening to this podcast. Because if they stayed on the podcast for this long, that they too are are wanting to experience God's presence in that way. What what do you see happening now in your church? Yeah, well that's uh, that that's a really good question, uh, especially the way you phrased it and, and the idea of experiencing God. Um, like all pastors. Um, and, and us pastors here, uh, you know, I'm, we're part of our local Baptist association, and and there we we kind of get together. But but I, that our time of revival included Methodist brothers and sisters and non-denominational brothers and sisters. We had uh, assemblies of God. We had a lot of different denominations coming together uh, in that time of revival. So coming out of it, you know, we were on lockdown for about two months. We, as a church, began to meet. We had some drive-in services, uh, like Mother's Day, we were driving in. But I think the week after Mother's Day, the Sunday after Mother's Day, was our first time back in our sanctuary together. Um, So that's mid-May. And we, as pastors, had been praying in our community through Zoom. Zoom calls, we were meeting all the time and praying, and and we felt God leading us on Pentecost Sunday to get together and have a worship service in our local city park uh, that Mm -hmm. Sunday night. Uh, So so we did. Uh, We prayed, and we prayed, and we we just prayed that all these bands would be lifted so we could gather together and uh, kind of in a legal fashion. Uh, And we had just an incredible time as a community that, that, that night. Um, then after that, uh, right after that, that was the last Sunday in May. In June, we had all these riots erupting around around our country, uh, and they even, you know, a lot of this stuff. These, some of these protests began. You have protesters and you have counter protesters, and and there were outside forces from our community wanting to come into our community doing this. So the church came together and began to pray, and sure enough, we had. One day, protesters were here and the counter-protesters, but, but there wasn't one thing that happened uh, bad. But, but that's because the church came together the day before and, and covered our town with prayer. Uh, so there's there's things that have been happening. And in that process, our our group is growing, our group of pastors that are coming together and working, especially across denominational lines. Uh, is growing and so what's happening now one of the really exciting things because everything was shut down throughout the summer 
Um, we have a big July the 4th thing in our town, huge fireworks, and uh, uh, that was all canceled. Uh, usually have a lot of concerts with that. Well, we, as churches, we were saying, what can we do to reach our community? Uh, and, well, we've had the opportunity. Uh, and this Sunday night in our city park, we're expecting about 5,000 people to show up to a concert with New Song and Colton Dixon. Uh, God is bringing them here. Uh, just uh, these churches by faith are working together to bring them here. These guys are wanting to, to get out and minister because they've been locked up too. Uh, so we've got that going on. But I think one of the most exciting things, and you kind of alluded to the idea of experiencing God, and that's what we're talking about is God's presence. As a pastor, I had this, I've struggled, and I'm sure many of your pastors are struggling with this too, you just can't do a whole lot of discipleship over Facebook Live. It just—it doesn't happen. And we haven't had—we haven't been having Sunday school, um, so all of that discipleship has really kind of stopped. In the just just to kind of how God works in this, my wife—it really all started with my wife. Uh, my wife is online. She's got an online business, and she sells uh, semi-precious stones and, and jewelry, beads, and all those things. Uh, she's kind of like a bead broker. Uh, but she deals with people all over the United States, and it's mostly women. And a lot of these women have been watching her for a while, and they know that she's a Christian, and they've been reaching out to her as of late. And uh, she asked me one night, she said, honey, uh, there's a lady that's asked me about a, a Bible study that might be good for her. Well, I'm immediately thinking a women's Bible study. And this lady lives in another state. And uh, and um, she, then my wife said she and her husband would like to go through something, and I need something to give them. They're searching. And they they used to go to church years and years and years ago, but neither one of them have been to church in 20 or 30 years. And I went, well, if the husband's doing it with them, I said, the best Bible study that I can think of that really kind of hits where I think they might be would be Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby and Claude King. And so she recommends that to this lady. And matter of fact, she does a little probing and, and we, we order her a Bible and send it to her. And this lady's asking my wife questions and she starts tuning in to our Facebook live service on Sunday morning. Uh, and so I began to think about this, and I was like, you know what? This is probably a way that we can have some discipleship going on. So what we did, starting the, September the 1st, Tuesday night, um, we we launched an Experiencing God online Bible study. Uh, you can go to our website. You can order a book, have it sent to your house. And uh, we were going to get together every Tuesday night and I was going to facilitate a time, and we were going to use Zoom, and we would go into breakout rooms, and people could talk because what we found out was my wife was getting these types of requests from several women across several states. And I was like, well, if we do this, then we can help disciple them, and I can put these ladies in a breakout room with my wife, and, and we'll kind of spread people out and, and do some discipleship online through Zoom. Well, we started that, and as I began to pray through this, uh, God has just brought into my life some some very influential men, 
And one of those men is Claude King, who happened to be the co-writer of Experiencing God. <clears throat> so I, I sent Claude an email and told him what I was doing. And uh, we got on the phone together and I said, Claude, would you be interested in facilitating I said, our time that we're going to have is about an hour and 20 minutes or so. Uh, I said, would you be willing to maybe come online and facilitate one night? Uh, since you helped write this study, would you be able to do that and, and participate with us? And then the people could go into their breakout rooms, and then they'd come back, and then you pray for everybody. He said, I'd love to. Uh, so... I started praying, and I was like, well, you know what? I know several nationally known men and women in the prayer movement, revival movement. So I just began to reach out to some of these people. And before long, actually about a week into it, I've had uh, – I've got six or seven people that are coming in on through Zoom facilitating this Experiencing God study. Uh, you know, uh, Glenn Shepherd, who's International Prayer Ministries – uh, Al Whittinghill with Ambassadors for Christ, he's going to be doing some for us. And uh, Byron Paulus at Life Action, John Avan at Life Action. Uh, I even had Dr. Ronnie Floyd, who's uh, the executive uh, director for us at the SBC. Uh, he was going to participate, but unfortunately, the only date that he could participate was a date that I'd already given to Claude King to do, so we couldn't work out his scheduling, but uh, last night, Claude was on, or not last night, but Tuesday night, Claude was on and, and facilitated a wonderful time of discipleship. That's one of the things that's happening right now. We had people from five different states for the last couple of weeks tune in with us. Some people are hurting. Some people are searching for God. Uh, and some people just want to experience something a little bit deeper. Uh, so this experiencing God, it, it's it's really taking us back to the divine visitation from February because one of the guys that is participating in it posted on Facebook the other day. He says, it feels, I feel God's presence today just like I did in February in, in our time of revival because of him going through this experience in God's study. So that's, that's just some of the things that are happening right now. It's kind of exciting to see. Now, um, will you be doing this again, or is this kind of a, a, a one-time run-through? Because I, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking there might be people uh, around the United States, and we we post our podcasts on a number of different venues, and so we have people internationally that listen to our podcasts. If someone wanted to participate in that, um what what would they need to do or or how could they contact you to uh find out more about what you're doing right uh well uh to be honest if you go to our website it's erbc.org at east rogersville baptist church.org um, erbc.org there's a place on there at the top you go over to connect if you click there and you go down to experiencing god we've got a page for experiencing god and the way i put this together to work is i went to lifeway and got the link so you could go and buy a book and i put that link on that page uh, i also purchased the experiencing god videos that you can down you can purchase them and download them 
so what I'm doing on that page, you know, there's weekly videos that go along with the study. You do your book work, you watch the video, and then you have your small group time. And uh, so I'm putting the videos there. So people are going there throughout the week and watching that week's video, doing their book work. And then on Tuesday nights, we come together and we kind of recap uh, the week's work. And then we go into our breakout sessions. And then we come back for a time of prayer. Uh, the, I've got those different personalities leading most of those sessions. I'm going to lead a couple. But if somebody wanted to, they could go to our – there's a place on our website there on that page that you register. Basically, you just put your email in, and that it comes to me, and I send you the Zoom link so you can get on to the phone call. Yes, so I'm, I'm looking sure. at your webpage right now. And uh, you do have three videos up that someone yes. could connect with. Well, uh, I, so somebody wanted, if somebody wanted to, they could join uh, this next week. Uh, they're just kind of behind in the study. Um, so yeah. they could do that. But they, what I would recommend, I mean, if they've already got a book, because this book has been out for, um, I think it came out in the early 90s. So it's been around. A lot of people have this workbook on their shelf. You can pull off your old one. It's a little bit different, but uh, you still get the principles there. Um, they could participate with us, or they could just kind of chime in for that time of facilitation that's going on where, like Claude King, this past Tuesday shared, and he's going to be with us again this next Tuesday. And uh, you can you can tune in for that and, and check out and not participate in the breakout rooms. But the breakouts, really, where people begin to talk to each other, uh, that's that's where a lot of God's work takes place. Uh, so they can join now, but there is a possibility of us doing something very similar to this later. I've got another study in mind. Just This is a test pilot, basically. Uh, I, when I reached out to Claude, Claude said, man, that's a great idea. Uh, I'm glad that you're doing it. And as I reached out to many of these other people, they said, man, that's great. I love how you bring in community together and, and, and giving people an opportunity. And really for me as a pastor, I just am, I, well, for us, there's about 30 people, 30 couples in our church that have signed up to do it. If if this pandemic wasn't going on and we tried to do this study, I would have about 10 to 12 people. Mm -hmm. But but now I've got 40 to 50, and they're all participating. And I'm hearing feedback from my local people. I don't hear as much feedback from those in, in some different states. But But it's just been a really good time of discipleship, and we're just starting. Um, we've we've met uh, we uh, we've met for two weeks, uh, so we're on we're going to be doing week three this coming week. Uh, uh, so it's yeah, people can jump on now, but it's also Daryl, it's it's a model that you in your association can do, and maybe uh, maybe some of the pastors of the churches say, hey, listen, I will facilitate, you know, that first reality or that second reality is that night. And, and one of the things that I've, that's happening with us, like Claude is bringing his experience with this workbook to us. Uh, Al Whittinghill, who he is, he's big into prayer and, and God's word, and he's going to be with us. And he's going to be talking about the reality where God speaks 
and uh, that actual unit is divided into two, and he's going to talk uh, one week about God, how God speaks through prayer and his word. Glenn Shepherd, who's another giant in the prayer world, uh, Glenn Shepherd's going to be leading us like the next week, and he's going to talk about how God speaks through circumstances in the church and some of those other things in our lives. Well, all of these people have different experiences with God that they get to bring to the table that just enrich it instead of me as a pastor standing up there because my people hear me all the time. Uh, they don't always get the opportunity to hear these other guys. And when, since we're doing it through Zoom, uh, Al lives in Atlanta, Glenn lives out in Missouri, uh, you know, and uh, Claude King lives over in Murfreesboro and uh, Byron Paulus, who will be joining us, lives up in Michigan. These guys can join us, you know, for an hour one week. Uh, it's it, it's it's easy to do that. So um, we're looking at doing it again after Christmas, uh, sometime this next year, depending on how things go. But I don't know if we're going to do Experiencing God or another study. But uh, but those options are up there. Well, I appreciate you taking uh, taking the time to mention that and and to mention how you're doing it and those that you have in, involved in it. Sounds like a really good study. As we wrap up our conversation, what encouragement could you give our pastors and churches? Yeah, uh, that's that. Uh, of all of these questions, that might be the most challenging. Um, I, I've. I, I've by no means been pastoring for a super long time. Uh, I've been pastoring full-time almost 20 years now. I've been in ministry a few more before that. Uh, and as I talk to my pastor friends, uh, again, from from Florida to Georgia and Michigan and throughout the state of Tennessee and even people out in California, we are we are living. I hate to use this familiar phrase, but in such unprecedented times, it is so easy for pastors to be discouraged. And yeah. uh, I've felt it. I, I have. Uh, matter of fact, you know, if I can just be really, really honest uh, for for you and and your people out in San Antonio. This has been one of the most difficult things that I've ever faced in my life, maybe the most difficult. I have been on an emotional roller coaster for six months, uh, you know, coming out of that time of revival up and down. And, and I've, I've told some people close to me, I said, listen, I love the Lord more now than I ever have. Uh, I'm not doubting my faith, but, but if somebody from some business down the road called me and offered me a job, I'd take it. Because it, it's wow. just hard. It is so yeah. stressful. And uh, Glenn Shepard, uh, who I've mentioned, and he's going to be with us here in a few weeks on our Experiencing God time. I, Glenn has pastored through a lot of things. Uh, he's now in a in a, a different. He's in a prayer ministry. That he's been out of the pastorate for a while, but but I kind of consider Glenn my pastor. And uh, and he, you know, I told him. I said, Glenn. One one time he called me just to check on me, and the Holy Spirit had prompted me to call him two weeks before, and I never did. And he called me, and I almost hung up the phone, and I said, wait a minute, Glenn, I, I really need to talk to you. And I just kind of told him some of the things that I was experiencing. He said, well, I was wondering. He said, that's the reason I called to check up on you. 
So, uh, you know, one of the things I would say to encourage pastors and church leaders is that we've got to let our guard down and we got to check on each other and we got to call each other and encourage each other through this time. For for too long, we have been worried about this church over here is going to get my people or, or that. We've got to let that go. We have to hold on to each other. And we've got to check on each other. And that's one of the things I think what what's making what's happening here in Rogersville uh, so unique and different is our pastors are coming together and they're we're we're done with the fighting and we're done with the well they're just trying to get my people or I don't like the way they do things over there. We we, we just need to we need fellowship and we need we just need to come together. So if I could say one thing of encouragement is check on each other and get together. And the more you can pray together, the better it'll be, the easier it is to walk through this. Uh, and another point of encouragement I would say is, you know, I was just reading this morning in Psalm 57, uh, Psalm 57 verse one says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Yeah, yeah. Even when it seems like nobody else cares or nobody else is paying attention, if we would nuzzle up underneath God's wing, we're going to be okay. Yes, I, those are those are good words of wisdom. As... Um, we talk about pastors and church leaders and just church congregations. Would you take a moment before we close and say a prayer for everyone? Absolutely. I'd love to. Listen, Daryl, it's been good to talk to you all. Uh, if there's anything I can do, you guide people my way. I'm, I'm not much, but I'm, I'm willing to help in any way, uh, especially when it comes to prayer and revival within the context of God's church, because, uh, I just think our country desperately needs the church to stand up and be the church. Our country needs a church of Philadelphia church. Yeah. It doesn't need a Laodicea church. Uh and 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 that's you know, that's just my heart. So let's let's pray. Let me pray for you and your leaders there in San Antonio. Father in heaven, we thank you. Uh we thank you for your grace and God just just talking over the phone here. Your presence is so strong. I thank you that, God, that you are knowable. We can know you. We can know you personally, God. We can feel you. You are not like Allah, unknown, unknowable. You are not like the 300 million gods and deities of, of Hinduism where they have to guess and hope and God, we, we, we can know you. We can feel your presence with us and we can see you working around us daily. Father, I want to pray for Daryl as he, as he helps lead and bring churches together, uh, God, that's not an easy thing when we cross denominational lines. It's not an easy thing when we just deal with Baptists in ourselves. We can be 
so suspicious of others. God, this is not the time for suspicion. This is a time for your people to join together and and stand and pray and repent and confess and be the church that you've called us to be. So I pray for Daryl and his leadership and his leadership team there as they help lead churches and encourage churches. Father, I pray for the pastors of those churches in such a difficult time. Father, I know I know that I'm not alone on that emotional roller coaster. You have called us to serve you, and and things have been turned upside down in such a way none of us really know what we're doing. But, Father, you still sit on the throne. Father, I pray right now. I, I pray right now that you would, every pastor that listens to this, in the next several weeks, that you would touch them with your presence as strong as I feel you right now in this room. Would you wrap your loving arms around them and say, I know where you're at, and I'm going to walk you through this. And Father, you put into their hearts that if they would climb up under the shadow of your wing and take refuge under you, until all these calamities pass, you will care for them in this time. Father, we love you and praise you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. Pray for this time uh, at the end of the month as they, they launch into these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, God, for the annual meeting that's coming up and all that's going to happen there. I, God, I just pray I pray more than anything for your overwhelming presence among those churches there in San Antonio, Texas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, John, for that prayer. Um, We can feel that it's a deep, heartfelt prayer and feel God's presence in your prayer. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for taking time today to talk with us, and uh, we pray God's blessing upon your ministry and your church and and what you're doing in in Tennessee. And thank you for your uh, your nationwide influence and in pulling different people together. Uh, thank you so much for that. We will stay in touch, and we'll do another podcast. Uh, in a few months ahead just to check in and see what God's doing. And if you have not, uh, if you're listening and you've not listened to the previous two podcasts that we did back in February, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those podcasts to give you some background on our conversation today. I uh, took notes, John, on our conversation today and uh, just you talking about what happened back in February is very impactful. We can hear it in your voice and hear it in in your thoughts and how you express it. So once again, thank you for being a part of, of communicating with us what God's doing in Tennessee. And if you're listening, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to those two podcasts. We have other podcasts on our Saba links. If you'll go look at those. 
We are here to serve you. If we can do anything for you or your church, please contact our office at sanantoniobaptist.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the next podcast. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.